champion, winner, overcomer, maximizer. Welcome to the Opportunity Day Podcast, episode number 38, and happy Opportunity Day. This is Sammy V, your host. I've got a freaking awesome podcast in store for you today. I'm telling you what, I'm about to release a monster, an absolute (laughs) savage machine on you guys, and I can't wait. Um, I got Mitch Makovic on today. What's going on, Mitch? How you been? I'm great, man. How are you? It's Mitch Michkovic. Mitch Michkovic. Croatia. That's how you pronounce it. That's correctly how you pronounce it. Wow, man. I was just informed recently myself. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so you've been saying it wrong your whole life? I suppose. It gets butchered every day. <laughs> That's funny. Every single day. So um, <laughs> Mitch is actually a good friend of mine. You know, I'm just, it's crazy. I, I, I do a lot of these podcasts where you know, I'm interviewing people and I'm like, this person's a good friend of mine. I'm like so blessed to have people like you in my life, man. Just people I'm like, I can I can call and say, let's jump on a podcast because you're going to provide so much freaking stinking value to people. Mm. It's unbelievable. Um, so tell me, like, let's just start with what do you do, man, right now currently for a living? Uh, what I do right now for a living is I protect union families. I get them enrolled into their option B permanent benefits. Um, as you know, you pick up your benefits through work, your supplemental health care, your group life insurance, all that good stuff. Problem is, is when people leave their job, get hurt, get laid off, go on strike or retire, nine times out of 10, they lose their benefits. Then they have to find something permanent. So what we do, um, local 277, which is the OPEIU, um, and the Professional Employees International Union, we handle the financial um, you know, benefits for all the union members across the country. Wow. That's awesome. You're helping people every day. Every single day. And you love that? I love it, man. It's changed my life financially, uh, spiritually, emotionally, even physically. I can't wait to get into that because, um, you know, we've obviously had conversations before, um, and, and I can tell, you know, that it has changed your life, what you're doing, and it, the people that you're around on a regular basis, it's, it's contagious, it's, it's, it's vibrant, it's loud, and it's awesome. Um, so where did, you, where did you grow up? I grew up in Aurora Shores. Um, it's in the little town called Reminderville, right in the middle of Aurora in Twinsburg, Ohio. I had no idea that existed. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like a taste of Florida in Ohio. Commodore Cove, um, Regatta Trail, Surfside Circle mm-hmm. is my street. Okay. Um, raised by a single mother of three boys. I'm the oldest of three. Got two younger brothers, Michael and Matthew, the M&Ms, the Three Musketeers, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, man, parents got divorced. Uh, typical story. Dad was an alcoholic, drinker. Um, then at that point, my parents, I forgot, I think my mom was maybe like 36. I was six years old. Wow. Um, she was pregnant with my youngest brother, Matthew. Um, then at that point, I moved in with my papa and nana on my mom's side. Okay. Old school Sicilian Italian household. That's why you see the Snapchats every Sunday, shoving my face with bread <laughs> pasta from like 12 till 7. Red wine. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, seeing her work every single day as a single mother and the hustle and you know, staying self-motivated and going through the ups and downs and adversities and doing whatever she could to provide for me and my brothers. You know, Mm. I I learned when I was very young, I think it was like eight or nine years old and also being raised by an Italian mobster per se. Um, my grandfather had, he really was and stuff. Yeah. He he went, he went to prison for eight years. Um, really for making counterfeit money. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was the driver. This is the, the, this is the grandfather you lived with. You show me. He's showing me your tattoo right now. Yeah, that that, that man right there. Wow. Ignatius, Ferrasi. 
That's crazy. Gangster. So oh, and you and you lived years. now when you lived with him, your your grand uh, your grandparents Papa, was he grandma, there? Was he there when every you, single day? Okay, okay. Yep. So he wasn't in prison at that time. No. Wow. No, he he was in prison when I think my mom and my auntie, um, Lisa and Angela, he had two daughters. I think when they were um, like in their young twenties. Okay. Wow. Is when he served his sentence. Yep. How did that affect you growing up? Um, not having your dad I, in your life. I really didn't know um, that he was even in prison, but not having my dad. My dad was there. People get like this misconception that I'm not cool with my dad. Yeah. I have a pretty good relationship with my father, but there were definitely times where, um, you know, when I was going through puberty, growing up into a young teenager, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old, getting hair in places I didn't have hair, um, you know, piecing together the story of like what he did. Um, how he did what he did to my mom and you know, my mom's my rock I would you know take a bullet in an instant for her. So had a lot of regret mm -hmm. had, a, had a lot of feelings of animosity towards my dad. I was a very angry kid wow. um, And sports is really where I was able to find my outlet and you you wrestled right I wrestled played football and baseball Okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. And you wrestled then in college. I wrestled. Yep at Notre Dame College um, Got a scholarship out of Twinsburg High School redshirted my freshman year um, it, it was a blessing, man. Tough, tough lineup to crack. Being the yeah. Best, you know, the best, best team in all of Division Two. Yeah. So you, NCAA. We, Notre Dame College is the probably New England Patriots top five programs of all of, divisions. I would say all Absolutely. divisions, Division One, Two, and Three. Yeah, I would. Say I mean, so. we're talking um, the best of the best. The best of the best. And um, I mean, those wrestlers beat Division top Division One wrestlers all the time. Yeah, man, there were guys coming from all over the country, you know, three-time New York State champ, you know, four-timer Florida State champ, um, you know, two-timer Pennsylvania State champ, Greco champ, all this crazy stuff. Um, but something about Ohio, yeah, especially Northeast Ohio when it comes to wrestling, it's just, yeah. you know, you're from Cleveland, you're mentally tough. You know? So did you did you ever break the lineup? or? Um, there was a point where it was really close, a lot of politics got involved. Um, which I don't really want to get into and stuff like that. Um, but no, never, never, never broke the actual starting lineup. I was second string for a little while there um, until some stuff went downhill. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Gotcha. So then um, you left school or you graduated? Graduated. Wait, when did you graduate? I graduated two years ago. Okay. May, um, of 2017. Okay. Um, graduated with a major in political science, an emphasis in criminal justice, and I picked up a minor in philosophy. Okay. Ken Palco, good friend of mine, who was a, <laughs> a, a director of, of mine that I had over there at Notre Dame College, uh, pulled me aside, basically told me, said, hey, you know, you're only a couple credits shy of picking up a minor. Just because I like taking the classes. I like psychology, yeah. sociology, philosophy. I like the way, uh, looking at angles, how people think. Yeah. Why people do things they do, why they think the way they think. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's I think philosophy is fascinating, man. It's awesome. It's it. There's this. Um, actually, my favorite. When I went back to school, mm -hmm. um, I took a, a philosophy class, and I didn't really like the professor. It wasn't. I, he was a bad person. I didn't. He just the way that he taught was like so monotone and yeah. like. But he, I learned more in that class. It was like my favorite class. I sat in the front, take notes, and um, it was something that. Socrates says this. Said this. He said, um, "Wisdom is knowing that you really don't know anything." There you go. And it, that that mindset makes you like, I'm gonna go out and learn. I'm gonna go out and, and try new things. I'm gonna go out and ask questions. I'm gonna go out. I'm in in every in some way. I'm inferior to every person. 
you know, I can learn something from everybody. And that's that kind of mindset that I took away. That was the main thing I took from that class. In fact, the only thing I remember I learned from college was that wow. quote, which is crazy. But um, so then you went in, um, now you're working um, in insurance. Mm -hmm. And and so, but you're not just working in insurance though, man. You're like crushing it. You're killing it. Thank you. I and um, so you have, so tell me kind of what your position is like, the success that you're currently having, what's that look like right okay. now? Um, well, I started out as a career agent. Um, everybody starts out at the same level, uh -huh. which to me is pretty attractive. Everybody's given the same, you know, fair opportunity, the same chance. This is um, for American Income Life. American Income Life. Right. Yep, AIL. Um, and I was introduced to the opportunity by Derek Four, who I was uh, teammates with, and he actually was one of my coaches um, my sophomore year at Notre Dame College. And the funny thing is, my junior year, when I was looking for an internship at Notre Dame, he reached out to me multiple times, numerous times, you know, trying to get me into the deal. And, you know, there's an internship opportunity here at American Income. Come check it out. And I was so skeptical. Um, and I never really saw myself as, you know, Mr. Insurance. You know, yeah. When you think of insurance, you don't think of somebody with tattoos, which is like the opposite of me. Yeah. <laughs> you think of somebody wearing like a suit and tie every single day. Super well cut up yeah. and, and dressed up. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, and, you know, being around, you know, wrestlers my whole life, wrestled for 15, 16 years, you know, wrestlers really aren't portrayed as the typical business athlete. Yeah. A lot of these guys are chasing, you know, UFC dreams, which is awesome. MMA, trying to make that stuff happen. Um, but, I mean, wrestling beat my body up already. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm feeling like I'm 35. I imagine, know, man. You know, it's a, a tough sport. sport here and there. Um, but, yeah, man, I was given the opportunity to American Income. Started back in September of 2018. Um, and I, I just saw an opportunity in front of me that was like, look, like, all these people, they're no different than I am. And I, I bet I've been through more shit. Excuse me. I've probably been through more adversity, seen more things, and been through more things than a lot of these people. Yeah. And I'm very competitive. So, you know, whether it's a business setting or beer pong at a party or playing <laughs> mini putt-putt, like, yeah. I'm going to compete. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to have to beat me. You're going to have to yeah. earn it. So I kind of took that mindset. Um, and turned everything that was negative in my life. You know, you're too small to play football. Got screwed over by a baseball coach. Took all that and just kind of motivated it um, as fuel. Yeah. Um, you know, all the haters, everybody, all the naysayers saying, I can't do this, I can't do that. I kind of, you know, I'm grateful for those people. Man. That was, that was the extra fuel that I needed. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've worked my way up pretty quickly. I'm now a supervising agent. So what my title is, I'm a field trainer. I'm basically bringing new people that know nothing about it. Um, and I train them a, a system that's simple and duplicable to go out there and protect as many families as they possibly can. So while they make a good living, you know, providing for themselves and their family, I get rips and commissions percentages based off of that, based right. on how well I train them. Right. Um, so I'm literally a coach. That's awesome. Yeah. And now you just you just qualified, though, for you were top what percentage in the country? It was top 70 producing agents. Wow. Yeah, out of all of American income. And how many agents life. are there in American Income Life? Out of our office alone, I think there's like 150. Okay. So this was like a, a second go-around for the people that didn't qualify okay. through the first go-around. Um, President Steve Greer, David Zofin, they came out with this um, in like January. And it was based off of the top 70 agents producing-wise, ALP, which is annualized life premium, which is how life insurance works. Um, the top 70 that didn't qualify for the first go-round would qualify for the second go-round. And I think I finished 
number 38 or 39 okay. out of the top 70 um, with a little over $42,000 of annualized life premium in the course of January 1 to March 30th. Wow. March 31st. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of hard work, man. So what was the key to that? What was the key to that success? <clears throat> Stay in tunnel vision, um, just locking in, yeah. you know, just going complete beast mode, you know, going off of facts, not emotions. You know, nobody wants to wake up early. Nobody wants to door knock, you know, till nine at night. Nobody wants to do the little things, but I knew that I had to do those little things to get to where I wanted to be at. Um, and going into, I think it was the second week of March, I was, I believe I was like number 34. Mm -hmm. And I had a feeling that these other agents, you know, cause I, I hold myself to high standard. I said, you know, these guys are gonna pick it up. I gotta finish strong. Um, and I think it was the third week of March when I actually called you and reached out to you. And I was kind of panicking like, hey, you know, my schedule is not really looking too too tight. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't have as many people on the schedule, as many at bats as I'd like to have to you know put the nail in the coffin um, with this qualifying, you know, for convention in Vegas and stuff like that. But um, you know, I buckled down. I got the job done. I think I ended up writing nine thousand dollars of premium the last week of March. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, still could be better. Um, but yeah, man. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. So I remember that phone call, obviously, clearly, you know, and I mean, you were like, you were struggling, man. You were like really struggling with, am I going to hit this right. thing? Am I going to qualify? What kind of, what, what changed in you to like go out and finish strong? Like what, what mindset or what thing did you do that helped you to go and finish strong? Well, I basically gave it up to God. Um, Honestly, I was just like, if I'm meant to qualify, then he'll find the means for me to qualify. If not, then it's just not the right timing. Um, you know, I came to learn that everything's on his time. You know, mm -hmm. when you try and make things happen on your time and you try forcing things to happen the way that you want them to happen, you're going to get disappointed and upset because, you know, it's ultimately not on your time. It's on his time. You know, it's yeah. a perfect universe, you know, so you just have to trust in it. And that's what I did. Um, yeah. And I totally just took that burden off of my own shoulders and the stress off of myself because it's already hard enough. You know, yeah. Another, you know what I mean? Um, another thing is surrounding yourself with people that have your back and getting the people away from you that are on your back. It's going to be one way. Or Say the other. that again. You know, you're either going to have people that have your back that are okay. there for you no matter what happens. Yeah. You're down in a slump that got your back. You know, you give them a call whenever you need them, kind of like you. You have my back. Right. Um, but most people are on your back. And the weird part is it's mostly the people that can they're holding you, the most. you back. They're holding you back. What do you do with those people? You got to cut them off. I mean, that's what I had to do. You know, I had to cut off my dad, you know, for instance, when I got insurance going and he was, you know, one of the naysayers, you know, it's insurance, it's sales. They're there to sell you, you know, they're, they're pitching you this big dream. They're, you know, giving you this big vision of, you know, the Bentleys and the Mercedes and the mansion and all this nice stuff and the Louis belts and the Gucci watches and all this stuff. He's like, that's their job, you know, but like, don't stay there too long to where you're not making any money. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've had to cut them out of my life before. So I was like, all right, man, you know, this is another time where I'm done with you right now. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's a hard thing to do, man. Yeah, it is, it is a hard thing to do. Um, but especially when it's especially when it's it's a parent that's holding you back, man. It's like, you know, and it's not like I've really experienced that a ton in my life. There's definitely been between my you know my parents for sure um, times where they've disagreed with the decisions that have been the best decisions, or they you know you know because parents what they want is they want you to they want safety for you, right? right? They want you to just be okay. 
you know, if you succeed, great, but they'd rather just, you know, you have safety, man, that you're good. Stability. That you got, yeah, stability. And it's like, that can be one of the hardest things is breaking through and saying, you know what, mom and dad, I'm going to go and do this. Right. And then, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to chase this dream. And you know what, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm sorry that if you can't agree with that or you can't, you know, um, come to come understand to that. Yeah. But one day you will. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure your dad is starting to kind of get yeah, on board. The, the, the conversations nowadays, you know, when he calls me, he's like, what's up, boss? Talk to me. It's crazy, You man. know what I mean? It's yeah. like now it's like the pendulum, you know, and a teeter-totter, you know, goes up and down and up and down. And, you know, life and everyday life is kind of like sales. Yeah. Um, and it was a point where at the beginning of it, when it all started, it was like a lot of control um, kind of to where like on his end. Um to where it was like you know i gotta i gotta separate myself from this right now you know what i mean it's yeah. nothing but negative you know he's a debbie downer you know he's trying to basically you know splash on my dream yeah and i saw this opportunity and i saw how well other people were doing um and i knew that i can do it so you know i basically just had to do what i had to do well you know what and i give you i give you a lot of credit for that because that takes a lot of courage man and most people um because here's the thing you did more you did you did more for your dad in saying you know what I gotta cut you out for a little bit until you see you till you see what I'm about to do, and, and then now you've actually helped him more. Your relationship's better. He gets you more. You probably inspired him. You probably encouraged him. You probably make him more proud of you and all these things, and, as opposed to letting that stop you. You know what I mean? So I right. give you a lot of credit because I will tell you, uh, most people won't do that. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it all comes down to to my mom's role because, like, honestly, without her, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. 110%. Um, her work ethic, her drive, just her overflowing love, her vibe. I'm a yeah. big vibe person, and her vibe, she's, she's never never negative, ever. She's probably yeah. got over, you know, over over two hands things that she could be negative or down about, but she just focuses on the positive. Yeah. And that's kind of how I, you know, try and focus my life and be the light for others. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And you are that, man. You are that. Thanks, bro. I, I appreciate it. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a battle every single day, you know, when mm -hmm. you're like a spiritual being like me and yourself. You know, a lot of people are just living out here and <clears throat> they're kind of just like numb to it. They're just mummified kind of in a sense. You know, they go to work, they hate their boss, they hate their job, they're mm -hmm. overworked, undercompensated. Um, then they go home, eat a TV dinner, sit on their ass, eat a bag of potato chips, go to sleep and then repeat. Yeah. You know, they're waiting for the weekend, praying for Friday. You know, that three o'clock feeling on Friday to go drink, drink their life away. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then Sunday night comes around and they're depressed again. Because they know that that Monday morning clock's coming. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. it's and that's what Opportunity Day is all about. Is exactly. Um, and, and it's, that's it's why a, I'm so behind your message, man. Because it's it's clear as day. You know, like yeah. I talk. I told you this the last time. You know, you're either savage. You do what you got to do to be savage. You know, live the life you want to live. Do what you want to do. Drive the cars you want to drive. Eat the dinners you want to eat. You mm -hmm. know, without affecting yourself financially. To me, that's a true meaning of success. You know, you're either average. Or you're savage. It's one way or the other. Like straight I love up. That. You know yeah. what I mean? And surrounding myself with people who have already done it and paved the way, you know, I'm trying to learn off of their mistakes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, still gonna be trials and tribulations and declines and chargebacks and people that quit. Like you know, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but I read a statistic, it was I think it was like seventy eight or seventy nine percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. It's crazy. That terrifies me. And I, that was me. Like, that literally yeah. was me. Like, dude, I was hustling. Like, the saying, like, you got to do what you got to do. 
like that was me all yeah. in college like I had to do what I had to do yeah you know I, I think you guys can piece a a and B together to get C but you know I had to do what I had to do yeah pay the illuminating bill to do on the 18th you got to make it happen yeah you know what I mean yeah it's crazy man that um it is I think it's about 80 percent of people yeah. in, in America in the richest country the wealthiest country on earth 80 percent live paycheck to paycheck and I had a, a guest on podcast here recently his name is Alex Johnson he's an entrepreneur runs multiple um seven figure businesses and he's 27 years old and he talks about this he's like it's crazy that we're in the wealthiest country in the world and 80 percent of people live paycheck to paycheck and I think a lot of times I think there's two reasons for that, in my opinion. One is people, the average person, the average American spends 1.02% of their income. So if you're spending more than what you're making, you're always going to be paycheck to paycheck. Number two is they're in the wrong vehicle. They're doing, they're not in a vehicle that can produce the income, right? Or they're not you know, they're not trying to be the best at what they do. So if you're a nurse, you know, there's only so much money you can make as a nurse, right? right. But like, if you're going to become the best nurse you can possibly become, you're going to become a savage nurse. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're going to do pretty well. And if you don't spend more than you make, you're not going to live paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah. You and know what I mean? Another thing, like you said about, you know, the, the income part, one thing that I love with insurance and especially American income life, um, it's completely changed my life, man. You know what I mean? Uh, fi like I said, financially, like, it's, it's unreal. You know, I never even held two thousand dollars before. Yeah. Um, and being at where I'm at now, you know, about to go on vacation, all inclusive, bada boom, bada bang, all this stuff. It's crazy. Like what I can do for myself as well as other people. But that income stream um, with insurance, you have something called renewals, residual income, yeah. lease income, commissions, bonuses, all these different kind of things. You know, the average person, <clears throat> they get paid, you know, biweekly. Right? I, mm -hmm. I sit down with teachers. I sit down with steels workers, yeah. painters. Most of these guys and women get paid bi-weekly. You know? yeah. So two times a month. If you're lucky, it's weekly. You yeah. know? And people are excited. Yeah, four times a month. I get paid twice a week, dog. Yeah, wow. It's crazy. You know? And yeah. then when you're in the business long enough, you build something called a back end where you start getting residuals. So you get a percentage of every dollar of somebody that you put on a plan to protect their family and their loved ones, and you get a percentage of every dollar that they pay every single month. Yeah. So it turns into, at first, you know, it's 100% commissions. You yeah. Know, like, you, you gotta kill or be killed. Like you yeah. You gotta make sales, you're not making no dough. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the longer you're in the deal, um, you get you build a back end and a book of business um, to where, basically, for instance, like this past month, March was, was insane. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was in the field every single day of the week just generating as much activity as I possibly could, just giving myself at bats. You know how it is with sales. Yeah. You know what I mean, if you're in the MLB, you're batting 300, you're a superstar. Right. Think about that. You know it's crazy. I mean? like, yeah. You get up to the plate three times, three times in a game, and you get on base one of those three times, you're a stud. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you sit down with three people, you close one, it's good. But imagine if you got in front of like six or seven people. Right. You're going to close like three, maybe right. four if you're a beast. You know? Right. Um, Another thing is just, you know, making your own paycheck. To me, that's like, it's, it excites me, man. Yeah. So, uh, the next question I was going to ask you was, you know, with, I think a lot of people fear 100% commission sales. 100%. And, um, sales in general. Sales in general. Um, 100% commission. I don't know why, because life is sales. It's so true. It's crazy. You're like, right now, I'm selling myself to you. Yes. You're selling yourself to me to persuade a message. Like, parents, they when they tell their children, like, hey, I don't want you to play on the swing because I don't want you to get hurt. 
they're selling a point to persuade a certain message yeah. so that their child understands it. And We're all in sales. It's Every crazy. single one of us. I don't want to be in sales. You're in sales. Yeah. Because guess what? Are you going to interview for a job one day? Absolutely. Yeah. That is sales. Yep. So if you don't learn how to sell. Sell yourself. Especially yourself. You're not going to reach your potential. You're not going to maximize your life. You're not going to see your dreams and goals come to pass. You have to learn how to sell. I wrote a book, right? And Great it is not the best written book. It is a bestseller, right? It's not a best written book. <laughs> There's a lot of books better written. And this was always my mentality was, you know, um, I'm going to write a book to sell a book. I'm going to write a book to provide value. If I'm going to spend time and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a freaking book, then I want people to read it. And I want people to provide, to find value in that book. And the only way for them to find value in that book is to sell it to them. Right. It's the only way. I've got to figure out how do I sell this book to as many people as possible. I'm not making a living off book sales. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe one day, yeah. but like off of... You know, I'm a self-published author. Right. Like, I've got to grind myself and do this all on my own. There's no publishing company that's doing it for me. There's no freaking marketing company that's doing it for me. I'm doing it myself. And so I've got to, when I talk to you, i got to be like, yo, I want to get you this book because this book's going to change your life. And here's all these other people that have said the same thing, that it that has changed their life. Cause, and I want it to change yours. But the only way for it to change yours is if I sell it to you. Right. So, like... Everything is sales. You've got to learn how to sell. It's whether you're a nurse, whether you're a freaking lawyer. I mean, if you're a lawyer, that's sales. You know, an accountant, if you want to have, if you want to have the best accounting firm, yeah, like you got to sell. That, that's, that's probably the number one, like the jury, yeah. the judge, the magistrate. <laughs> you gotta, you're defending a, a, a person who's a criminal, like in defense yeah. attorney. Like, imagine that. Like, my mom told me that I'd be a great lawyer because I don't, I, don't, I don't stop until my point's across. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was like, no, I'm not going to do all that student loans and go to law school. There's a lot of lawyers nowadays, man. Like yeah. back then, it was you know, a good business, make a lot of money. But I feel like there's lawyers everywhere. You got to be the absolute best at what you do. Yeah. You know? That should be the goal. I think it should yeah. be um, to be the best that you can possibly be. Yep. And I think that I also hate that phrase because it's like I'm doing my best. Most of the time. people. Yeah, it limits people. Like, I'm doing my best. It's like, I think you can just say that. You can, you're just saying that. You're really not. Because here's the, I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day, um, and he's a Christian. We're talking about money. And I'm, you know, and he's like, life isn't about how much money you make and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, I totally agree with you. I said, but don't let that stop you from making a lot of money. Right. Because if, you're, if you have a potential to make more, then you should. Absolutely. You should, you should strive for that potential. You know, if you have a potential to be better, then you should. Or else you're slapping God in the face. You're yeah. saying, you've given me all this potential, God, but I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to strive for it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? You know what I mean? So like, if you're in business and you're in sales and you have the potential to make more money, you should do it. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's what drives me crazy. I'm doing the best I can. A lot of times you're not. Right. I, you yes, know, you're capable of so much more, man, you know. I'm never doing the best I can, dude. Right. When, when, I mean, I go to bed at night a lot of nights, dude, and I'm like, man, I maxed out that day. But the truth is, 
I could have done still a little. Yeah, I still could have done. I could have, you know, what if I had a full-time employee working for me? Yeah. I could have done that much more in my business. Well, you know, there's so much more. And it's not that you get your, it's not that like, it's like never enough because you're always grateful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's that you, you want to, you want to use this potential that you've got. I can get better. I can do more. Mm-hmm. And so you go to bed grateful, but hungry. You got to. You know you what I mean? Hungry gotta stay hungry can't get complacent yeah like a big thing that i was told by <clears throat> you know some of my uplines and my mentors and leaders is you know when you're in sales i think they would say that the most the most millionaires come from insurance hmm. sales um but it was like you know when you're when you're making a lot of money it's easy to get comfortable you know if your bills are paid you know your car note is taken care of your car insurance your phone bill you know the rent you know, the, the heating bill, the electric bill, once that's all taken care of, everything else, you know, hypothetically will save or if you're irresponsible, you'll spend it. Right? Yeah. So if you're making a lot of income, that could, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to get comfortable. Yeah. Absolutely. So you got to stay hungry. And that's the thing, too, is, is you know, and I think we've, we've talked about this before, but um, a lot of times success can make you complacent right right so you succeed at something and then you're you plateau because you're like oh i've made it see it happen all the time and it's like okay so then why did you succeed did you just that's why i don't think like for me it's not i say life isn't about the money that you make the cars that you drive the house that you live in it's not even about the dreams and goals that you achieve it's about who you become in the process of the pursuit of yep. those dreams and goals and those things. So things if all suck. you do it is for money, I'm not saying you don't do it, money's not a factor, mm-hmm. but if all it is is money, then there's gonna come a point where you are gonna be like, this is too easy. Yep. Then it's gotta be, then it can go from, well I can make more money, maybe I can give away $100,000 a year to a charity. So I can make more and I can help more people. So there's always a potential that you should be striving for. And the truth is, is that it's impossible to reach your potential. Because our potential, Mitch, is perfection. Mm. That's our potential. Mm. You can't be perfect, dude. Mm -hmm. So that means you can always get better. How exciting is that? So exciting. And so what do you do, man? Like, you say you love Opportunity Day and the mindset and, and whatnot. How is that, how do you apply, maybe not necessarily Opportunity Day, but like, on a daily basis, like what do you do to like stay hungry, stay energized and on a daily day-to-day basis? <laughs> uh, energy is probably the least of my worries. I got a lot of energy, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, once I'm up and I have that, <clears throat> that cup or two of coffee, um, you know, I got so much damn energy. It's like, I can't even sit still. I got to go to the gym. Has well, anybody ever told you to weights. tone that down? Um, Have there been people in life that said, you know what, kinda, dude, not, you probably need to relax, bro. Kind of, but not really. Um, typically the, I, I surround myself with people who are like myself, um, that like to work out that, you know, like to look good, mind, body, spirit. It's kind of a big thing to me. Um, you know, if I don't make it to the gym, it feels like I didn't, you know, there, there's a gap missing in my day. Mm. You know, no matter how good the day went on, on business wise or everything's good with my relationships, you know, I got money in my account, whatever it may be. You know, if, if one of those things I didn't get taken care of, it's like, it wasn't a complete day. Yeah, and then I go to then I'm going to sleep at night like damn, you know I, I could have I knew I should have done that but I didn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I try and you know hold myself to a high standard of like look you gotta you gotta do the things that suck now to live the life that you want to live down the road. Right. You know what I mean. Like you gotta sacrifice the things that you don't want to do right now. Right. 
to attain and get the things that you want down the road. Because if you don't do that right now, then the things that you want are going to be the sacrifice. So what, what are some things that you have given up or you've sacrificed to get where you're at? Going out drinking three nights a week, you know, four nights a week. Um, gave that up. Trying to get to bed a little earlier. Um, trying to eat as clean as possible. It's a big thing. You know, come from an Italian family. Food is huge. Um, having a, a lot of carbohydrates. A lot of carbs, man. A lot of pasta. A lot of <laughs> bread. <laughs> um, and, you know, also just like cutting weight my whole life for wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mentally that'll do something for you. As a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid all the way up to 22, having to cut six, seven pounds a week to make wow. weight. Um, you know, and having to starve yourself. So now that I'm not competing anymore, you know, I'm not in the fight game or UFC or nothing, you know, you know, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time, you know, so you got to enjoy the nice things in life. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's not allowing that, like, hey, you used to have to cut, so now you don't have to, so I can just eat whatever I want. So now it's like, okay, I got to sacrifice some of this yeah. and eat healthier on a regular basis. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, I can relate with you on the drinking thing, man. It's like, yeah. You know, oh, there was definitely a point in time in my life, man, I was like, dude, three, four nights a week. Well, smoking weed, too, man. I used to smoke Were you a lot really? of weed. Really? I used to smoke a lot of weed, man. Like, a lot. What What made you stop? Um, I still kind of do it, but not nearly as much, just because I, I, I don't, it's not a big priority like it used to be. Yeah. You know, it's like wrestling practice, go to the cafeteria, smash on lunch, go home, roll three blunts, go to the mall, come back. Smoke a blunt, go to the movie. Come back home, smoke Man. another L, chill with this girl, watch Netflix, pass out. Wake up in the morning, pack the bong, go to class. Like, dude, it was just part of a lifestyle. But, you know, now I got my little pen, you know, my little dad pen to to, to kind of level me out. Um, but that was a huge thing, too, man. It cost a lot of money, you know, just, yeah. just, 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 just smoke and do that stuff. But it was earning me money, too. So it was like one of those things where, you know, I was selling it. I was oh, making a profit you were dealing it. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, I was, I mean, I wasn't, you know, huge, huge, you know, huge level. I never knew that. But, you know, yeah, man, like I said earlier, you know, you got to do what you got to do. That's crazy that <clears throat> you went from doing that to like, yeah. I, I mean, I, here's the thing, I know how you are. Like, I know, you know, we've had many conversations, like the first thing you do in the morning is you hit, you hit the ground, thank God, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, to go from like dealing weed to yeah. like changing your life and impacting people and you know and it's not just the people that you're selling insurance to because you got a team of people that mm-hmm. you know like that you're around on a regular basis that you're helping yeah. and so to go from that to that that's unbelievable man I've always been like a like being a captain you know but whether it was like youth football or baseball team you yeah know, I always played like shortstop you know running back when I played football um, so like positions that hold like authority in yeah. a sense, you know, and I always like being a leader always, mm. you know, and if somebody was leading in front of me, then it's like, man, you know, cause I'm competitive, you know, no matter what I'm doing, like what's this guy doing that I'm not doing? Yeah. You know, what's this guy eating for breakfast and I'm not eating for breakfast. Like what's this guy doing in the gym that I'm not doing in the gym? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always trying to get better. So what, um, do you believe in like, in, in, in like, do you think leech, weed should be legal? I, I've never, I didn't even know we we're gonna get into this, but like, is that something that? I think it already is legal, like a, in a lot of places. In a lot of places, yeah, I but I guess Ohio. like, is like a more accepted thing. Yeah, definitely nowadays. Do you think it should be? Yeah, why not? Okay. I don't think it's a gateway drug. I think that's a terrible excuse. Hmm. Um, 
has a lot of positives to it. I don't know if you've ever done research on it, but cancer patients smoke cannabis. You know, a lot of athletes to help with pain, um, stress, anxiety, yeah. appetite, stuff like that. Um, I guess like the oils in, in THC is good for your skin. Hmm. So like there's a lot, there's a lot of positives, you know, but there's also negatives, but that's with everything. See, the, 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 I actually think it should be because, you know, and, and to some extent, I don't really know all the details, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't do it. I've done it. I've done it before. Yeah. I don't do it. I won't ever do it again. It's not something that's like, you know, I'm like, man, I want to like do this, you know, right. but the, the thing that I hate about it is it makes you lazy. It like, can, if you let it, um, me being like a high energetic person, it kind of does the opposite for me. Um, it'll get me going. Hmm. I'll, I'll hit my pen before I go to the gym, you know, before I go run two miles, before I get a chest and try workout in. Hmm. I like staying active, man, when I'm on that stuff. Because if not, you're absolutely right. You know, it'll sit you on the couch. Because and- here's the thing, man, and, and that's that surprises me that you say that because I know people that do it. Yeah. And it's like, man, dude, when they're when they're smoking, dude, they're sitting on the couch for six six hours. Not doing nothing. Eating you know, and, and I remember the one the one time that I, you know, I've done it a couple of times, but um, mostly it was when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. And I did it one time when I wasn't. And this was when I was like 19 or 20. And I remember I, I, was, I sat on a couch for 12 hours straight basically not 12 probably like six or seven hours straight i mean (laughs) i just sat there and i was just like this you know i'm like that was such a waste of my freaking life dude i look back on the because you know my my big thing is the whole reason why i do what i do is because there's two reasons you know we were talking to a lady before here i said the whole purpose of this podcast and the whole purpose like my purpose or my mission, rather my mission, is to do twofold. I want to help people find and pursue their authentic dreams, and then I want them to focus on today and what they can do today to achieve them. And um, so for me, I don't want to get to the end of my life and regret my life. I want to get to the end of my life and realize it was right. Yeah. And the way to do that is by, by being present today and focusing on today and maxing out today. And sometimes it's not like if you're on vacation, man, dude, be on freaking vacation. If you're working, man, work, dude. You know what I mean? So that's the mindset, is that? Yeah, be present. And so what I find is that like, like the majority of people that I see that are that are doing it are are like lazy, man. They're just laying around. It's like, dude, you're wasting your life, man. There's so much, you have so much potential. There's so much to accomplish. There's so, there's so much to experience. And you're literally just sitting there with your face numb, you know, and it's just like toes tingling. Then you should, you, you shouldn't smoke weed. Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. You know, you smoke a joint and you sit on the couch for six, seven hours. Shame on you. Yeah. That's on you, bro. Totally agree you know with that. Mean? You know, so what's, um, what's a trick that you have? How do you start your day? How I start my day, I try and get up super, super quick. Because if I don't get up super okay. quick, then I'll hit the alarm. Like, I'll hit, I'll hit the snooze. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, just kind of, like, jump start my day literally, like, as though the house is on fire. Yeah. Once I start off like that, I start my, like, waking up out of a deep slumber like that, then I'm up. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. Um, I try and stay away from like Twitter and Instagram the first like 30 minutes. Um, I'll typically try and read whether it's like a proverb or the Holy Bible app on my phone just to fill my head with some positivity. Yeah. Um, because your brain is so sensitive 
Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's the first like 30 minutes you wake up, it's very sensitive. So if you put, you know, negative stuff in your brain right when you wake up, it's going to be hard to get your day on a positive note. Right. You know what I mean? So if you started off on a positive note, it's like I'm already positive. Yeah. You know, before other people are even, you know, getting up. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer of I like hitting the gym in the morning, you know, because then you get your workout in, your mind, body, spirit on track. Now it's not even 8 a.m. And 90% of all the other people are still asleep. Yeah. You know, you got all that stuff out of the way. So it's like, let's go. You know, what adversity are you going to throw my way? I'll, yeah. I'll eat it on the chin. Yeah. You know I mean, like I look forward to the days when I <clears throat> not necessarily look forward to it. Um, but like the days where, let's say, you know, for sales, you're out in the field. You know, you got, say, six people on the schedule. Two of them no show you. You know, one's a, a one legger. So you, you can't present. Yeah. And you only have, let's say, like two at bats. And let's say you sit with those two people, you don't close any. And then on the drive home from the field, you're like, man, what could I have done different? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't I sell them? Yeah. What did I do wrong to not protect them and their family? And those are the times where I feel like you grow the most. Mm -hmm. But that's the time where most people, average people, they throw in the towel. This ain't for me. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. cut out for this. You know, it's not meant to be. Yeah. So that's where I think, like, the true savage, the true warrior, um, you know, that's where they're, they're, they're grown. Yeah. You know, everybody is... When everybody's, you know, shining and balling out, it's easy to ball out and be the loud mouth in the room, you know, but what really tells you like your character is when you're not doing so hot. Yeah. You know, when you got a fat when adversity back, hits, you know, when yeah. adversity hits, when one of your guys, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, you know, quits or something like that. Um, that's what truly, you know, that's what I think like a, a, a true leader will resemble, you know, yeah. a good leader is a guy that can get their guys and their team motivated even when they're not doing so hot themselves, which I'm, you know, I'm working on too. Right. So it's a, it's an everyday learning process. Being so you you found that by starting your day in that way, whatever comes your way, you're able to you're able to push past it because you started your day in a certain way. Yep. Yep. Oh, dude, you like just read my book, by the way, yeah. the first chapter of my I love book. It. I love so, it. So um, that's present. like that's like I think the most important thing. If you're talking about the day, mm -hmm. it is the morning, man. Because if you let's just let's just. I like to break it down into things easy to think about. Yeah. I want to do two things throughout the day. I want to I want to have positivity, right? Positive things happening. And I want to accomplish things throughout my day. I want those two things, okay? So how do I start my day with those two things? Because if I however I start my day is how my day's going to end up going. So I need to start with positive and you start with accomplishment. Yeah. That's why I think you you have to make your bed in the morning. Because like if the first thing you, you get do, better at that, man. dude, it makes a big difference, man. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. I would I would totally recommend it because, like the so this is my morning, mm -hmm. for the most part. I get up, I jump in the shower, like most people. I I get out of the shower and as I'm in my towel, I'm making my bed and I make it perfect. Now I will tell you, I gotta get better at keeping my room clean and stuff like that. But my bed is always made. I can, that, dude, that's awesome. And it makes a big difference because the first thing I do in the morning is I accomplish a task and I take pride in it. I mean, it looks nice. That's awesome. You know what I mean? It it's a game changer, man. And working out, like you said, you know, um, I think is a, is a really important thing. But you accomplish something and then, like you said, you throw something positive in, mm -hmm. right? You're throwing that positive mindset in so that when you hit, when you hit that adversity, which is going to come that day, things aren't always going to go your way. Right. You're able to overcome. You always have a choice. Right. Right. So what's, um, you talk about God a lot. Like, 
how has, you know, a relationship with God impacted your life? How did that come about? Have you always had that? Uh, yeah, man, it's um, pretty crazy you ask. You know, being raised by <clears throat> my grandfather and my grandma and my mom, um, an Italian household, family's number one. You know, we were ro- raised like Roman Catholic, you know, so very Catholic go to mass every Sunday mm-hmm. um, and just the thought of like my grandpa just makes me feel at peace hmm. so you know like when I see like a you know a- anything like when I see a church like I do you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit you know I close my eyes for a second I just you know I say hey Pop you know hopefully I'm making you proud mm. you know guide me protect me throughout the day you mm-hmm. know just like doing things like that and talking to myself some people you know say you're crazy for talking to yourself like I talk to myself all throughout the day man <laughs> Dude, I do the same you know thing. What I mean, like, you got to. You got to keep yeah. yourself in check. You know. Yeah. That's cool. So your your grandfather's no longer alive. No longer. Yeah, he passed okay. away. Um, actually, because he was such a ball buster, he passed away on April Fool's Day, two thousand six, and it sucked, man, because it was a Friday at school, and people were asking me like, "What's wrong?" And I said, "You know, my, my papa died." They're like, "Ha ha, funny joke." April Fools. Oh my gosh. Like, no. Like, and you're like, dude, I'm about to punch you in the face. Yeah. Like. I don't even know what to do right now. I don't know if I want to punch a locker or cry. Yeah. You know? so, so how much, what, that in your life, how has that impacted, how, how does that motivate? Is that like your biggest motivation to make him proud or what? It, um, My mom, man, it, it all comes down to my mom. You know, she's still working three jobs to, wow. you know, to, to do her thing. And, you know, I, I help her out. I try and help out, you know, financially. And I want to get to a point where one of my goals is to buy her her house, you know, in the next like year. You know what I'm saying? Um, with the help of my brother, Mike, um, who's doing big things. He's a firefighter now for Macedonia. Wow. Shout out, Mike. He's killing it. Um, so even though he's my younger brother, you know, I look up to that dude. You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, just wanting to better and be the go-to for my family. Yeah. You know, at least financially-wise. Yeah. You know, because I never really came from having money. Now having a little bit of money, you know, I've gotten a taste of it. Um, you know, it's like I want to be the go-to. You know, you yeah. can help out a lot of people. Right. You know, not only charities, but like, I want to be the go-to for my family. Like, you know, this bill needs paid. I got you. Cut the check. Not yeah. a problem. You know, because so many people stress out about financial finances. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's the number one stress in the country. It's the number one reason for divorce. Number one reason for divorce. Um, it's probably, a, a, I mean, probably number one reason for suicide, if you ask me. I don't hmm. know. Who, who, who knows but finances is a bit is a big thing you know like you can't let the money make you you make the money mm. you know um but it, yeah it, it pays your bills yeah. you know you need money to live you know or you're gonna be homeless yeah nobody wants that right what's the hardest thing you've been through in your life hardest thing i've been through hmm. it was a tough time when my when my parents got divorced and my dad got remarried that was a weird mm. point in my life. That was weird. How so? Like, what, what was... It was There was no, like, heads up. Mm. Basically, just... Uh, I think he picked me and my brothers up for, like, dinner or something and told us in the car, like, hey, bye, you know, letting you guys know I'm getting married. Yeah. And I just, like, my heart instantly dropped. I got instantly pissed off. I don't uh-huh. know why. You know what I mean? I was just like... I was like, all right, bet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. shake my head. That was tough, man. I, there was like a time where I didn't talk to my dad for. It's crazy. I think it's from like 14 to like 16 years old. Wow. Like two years. What was? Did you initiate the first conversation back, or was it? Uh yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm glad that, I'm glad that you got that relationship back, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. You know. Um, and he probably didn't plan things to end up the way that they did. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sure that he's learned and you know gained wisdom from everything that's happened and stuff like that. And you know, every what I've come to learn is everybody's trying their best for the most part. Yeah. You know, everybody wakes up, you know, puts on a somewhat of a positive pl- face. Yeah. Usually, um, you know, puts on their makeup, you know, puts on their clothes and goes to work. You know, you got to. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? For sure. What did you learn from all of that? What's the biggest thing you learned? It all comes down to you. You know, it, it all comes down to you. You could have people that support you, that want you to achieve big things, that want you to do big things. You're also going to have people that want you to fail miserably. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people failing on your downfall. You yeah. know, um, you know, so having to cut out the people that aren't helping you, um, that aren't adding to your cup, that are just constantly taking from your cup, you got to know when to draw the line. You know, yeah. and like I said, even though sometimes it's family. You know, I've had to, I've had to do that a couple times. Yeah. But it seems like every time you go, I go through that. It's like I come out stronger on mm. the other side, and like I'm thankful I went through it because it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, but the only way to grow is to go through un- uncomforting things. You got to yeah. be uncomfortable to grow, and right. that all stems back to business. It all comes back to sales. <laughs> you know, sales is fun, man. To me, it's, it's I have a blast. It's a game. I man. like not knowing. I like not knowing what's going to happen that yeah. day. Yeah. You know, you might sit down with a 27-year-old, you know, bricklayer who just started in the union. He's got a beautiful wife. They got two kids, mm-hmm. you know, two car payments and, a, you know, $170,000 left on the house. And then an hour after that, you know, I might sit down with 78-year-old Evelyn who's retired from the Postal Workers Union, cute little lady drinking tea. You know, I'm going to talk and communicate with Evelyn different than I'm going to communicate with Joe and Mary. Yeah, and you, you know? enjoy so that. I enjoy that, man. Yeah, and being able to connect with different kinds of people. Do you enjoy it ages. to be able to connect, or the challenge, or all of it? All of it, man. All of it. I like the challenge. I like being able to connect with different people of different ages, different races, black, white, rich, poor. Does not matter. I think that's a big thing that I have to offer. Yeah. You know, is being able to uh, kind of be like a chameleon with any any situation that I'm put into. Yeah. I'll find a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you found that like what you're doing now, like this? sales is like wrestling for you like back in the day absolutely man and that's you know what i'm looking for um is is people with the same mindset as myself business athletes Mm -hmm. you know um seems like a lot of people in the sales industry at least excuse me that come from like a, a like an athletic background or played sports if they're able to kind of change their mindset and just adjust it from sports to business Mm -hmm. you, you make a killing man Right. So I, I, I take like that same mindset. You right. know, try being the first one to the office. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to wrestling practice, you're not strolling in there five minutes before practice with your shoes untied. You know, right. you're out on the mat stretching, you know, twenty five, yeah. thirty minutes before practice to get ready. Right. If you're good, you know, if you give a shit. Sorry. Same thing with business, you know? Yeah. Like the other cool part is like in a way, like you're your own boss. Mm-hmm. You're like nobody, nobody, like nobody's gonna tell you. I mean, you're gonna have an upline and and people that want you to to run the play and do what is asked of you to do. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to you, man. Yeah. You know. Like yeah. If you don't wake up till nine thirty, ten in the morning, that's on you. Yeah. You know, it's easy to send a text message to your upline and say, "Yeah, I was up at six o'clock, red, and you know I'm two sits in." It's easy to say that. 
but only you know. The man in the mirror knows. Right. You know, you can't cheat yourself. That's so that's so true, man. Like I tell this to people all the time. You know, people oftentimes will 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 call me or, you know, ask for advice or like, you know, I'm hey, I'm struggling to find my purpose or find mm-hmm. a dream or whatever it may be. And what I find is that most people don't chase their dreams, don't pursue their purpose, don't do those things because of what people think. I feel like some people don't even know what their dreams are. They don't know it. And the reason why they don't know it is because they pushed it down for so long. People, people only, most people only pursue what they believe other people will accept. Yeah. as possible well said right so they're gonna they're gonna say okay I'm gonna be a you know I'm gonna be a nurse nothing wrong with being a nurse I'm not saying it's anywhere mm-hmm. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to be a nurse because I know that's what my friends family and parents are gonna accept but I really want to be a full-time musician that's what I really want to do right but I'm not gonna do that because like people won't accept that right People will say you can't do it, you know, they'll doubt it, etc. So, but what I tell people is I say, guess what? You're the one that has to look yourself in the mirror in the morning. Those people don't get to live your life. You're the one that has to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm doing what I know I'm, I'm supposed to do. You have to look at yourself. When you look at yourself in the mirror, it isn't that other person in that reflection. It's you. Yep. And you want to wake up every day looking at yourself in the mirror and going, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm going after what I really want. Yep. And, and I always tell people, you say, like, people don't even know what their dreams are. Um, I, you're, the dream that you're supposed to pursue is the one that you're afraid to tell people about. And most people, because they've been so afraid to tell people about it, they've pushed it down so far that they have no idea what it is anymore. They don't even give themselves a chance. Yeah. It's sad. Yep. It's sad, man. It is. And that's the mission of this of this podcast of everything that I do is that that's my mission, man. It's, I just want to help people find that because there's a process to find it. How did how have you found like your authentic dreams? Um, how have you been able to find them? Well, like I said, man, I'm just so blessed and grateful for the opportunity at American Income because I had no idea what I was going to do. I graduated Notre Dame, um, wasn't clear on where I was going to go for a career path. Had a political science degree. It's crazy because I don't even like politics, Yeah. but I'm good at social studies. You know, I was a terrible student at math. I think I graduated high school at like a 2-7, always yeah. getting in trouble in school detention. And I was the first person from my family to graduate college. Yeah. You know, um, in an awesome world, I'd like to be an engineer, but it required too much math, and I sucked at math. So I had to do something that I could excel and be good at, which is writing papers and reading. I'm a mm. good reader and I'm a good writer. So what is another option other than communications? political science I think it's interesting you know yeah. what's going on with the government and stuff like that and how things work and how things are structured um, but yeah man I'm just super blessed for American income because I've found my, my vision and my dream through this opportunity hmm. you know so it's, it came by it's going to be the vehicle to get me to where I want to get yeah. to my ultimate dream is to open up a you call me crazy but a couple couple close I people I will call you crazy and I should <laughs> if, I don't, if I'm not calling you crazy dude it ain't your real dream, enough. dude. Yeah, yeah, you're not thinking big enough. So my my ultimate dream is to eventually open up a like five star restaurant. Uh-huh. Okay, um, and I want to run it. I want to be like on the line. I want to cook um, grade A meats from a butcher around the area. 
sports jacket required. You know, if you're not dressed up, like you're not allowed in. Straight <laughs> up, you know what I mean? Like for yeah. anniversaries, dinners, like an expensive restaurant. And then in the back of the house, a, a total different business of a tattoo shop. Huh. And um, but one big building. Yeah. So I kind of want the front of the restaurant, like the, the front end of the building, to be facing the street. You know, with the parking lot for people to come eat um, at the restaurant. And then in the back, I kind of want there to be our own parking lot for a tattoo shop. Wow. With like four or five of the best artists in that area. And I want to be running both of them. So, like, mon my dream is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, I want to be running the restaurant. You know, wearing a sports suit, wearing a nice watch. You know, some, some, some Gucci flip-flops or some, <laughs> some crazy shit like that. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I, I want to be running the tattoo shop. You know, huh. with, like, cut-off, shorts, sandals, flip-flops. I guess, like... Two different, two completely different things. Completely like, call different. Me crazy, but like, I love food. You know what I mean? I like making people. So happy. how did you find that? So how how did you like? How have you? Did you just come up with that one day, or is this something you've always wanted to do, or um, you've been? I know you obviously have a lot of tattoos. Yeah. So, um, and so, you love food. Yeah. Uh, so um, when I was young, my, my first couple jobs were in restaurants. You know, working out in a line in a restaurant, and I'm good at cooking. You know, I, I like to cook. Honestly, if I had the choice of going out to eat or cooking, depending what ingredients I could work with, I'd rather cook, to hmm. be honest with you. Um, and people, people like doing what they're good at, right? Yeah. So, like, you're good at speaking to people, you're going to be, you're going to enjoy motivational speaking. You're good at it, yeah. you know? If you're good at sales and you're good at selling people and getting your point across, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. So, you know, I like cooking food because I'm good at it. Um, I also collect a lot of, you know, art and tattoos. I've been doing it since I was 16. Um, and I just think they're super fascinating, man. Like, I, I like the idea of a story being told without any words. Hmm. You know, getting a point across without having to say anything. Right. Um, and then the idea was, you know, just kind of stemmed from that. I think it would be a really cool idea. I don't, I, don't, I don't know anybody else who's done that, who, has a, who owns a restaurant and a tattoo shop in one yeah. big building. So you sit down one day and go like, hey, do I, what do we want? Or is this just kind of like formed over time? To be honest with you, I think it just like hit me when I was driving back home um, from my mom's on a Sunday night on 271. It was like huh. 745, 8 o'clock, the sunset. And I'm just thinking there. I think I was listening to a podcast, actually. I'm like, you know what would be a badass idea is I use AIL as a, as a tool to get me to where I want to be at and achieve that dream. I think it would be super cool. I think I'd be really good at it. And I've never seen it done before. It's a challenge. I feel yeah. like it would be, be a challenge, you know? So how do you take that long-term dream – and then break it down to, I got to crush today. Win the day, day by day. You got to win the day. Every single minute you have a choice, you know? Are you going to take off? Are you going to look at your phone, spend 20 minutes on social media, make a couple dials here and there, or are you going to lock in and get focused? It's all about choice. It's all about choice. It's all about choices you make. Mm. And I haven't made the, the best choices. Like, I'm not perfect at all. I'm just telling you from, you know, growing up with a single mother, going through all that stuff to, to where I'm at now off of my own experience. Yeah. Okay. Because I think sometimes people struggle with, you know, they've got this long-term dream, mm -hmm. right? And they're so focused. Like when we talked about, when we talked that one day, you were so focused on uh, March 1st. Yeah. Got, or it was April. It was April 1st, right? Yep. April 1st. I got to get this by April 1st, April right. 1st, April 1st. And I remember being like hey man dude you got to think about today right you're so focused on this future thing that you're missing right now mm -hmm. you know and i think what a lot of people struggle with is they've got these big dreams right 
Yeah. And they're not moving towards them because they're, all they're doing is thinking about these dreams, but they're not actually doing anything today. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think sometimes I people struggle with that. Uh, and I'm always curious about how people um, break that down to, okay, I got this like 10 year thing, but I'm going to, you know, I got to, what can I do today? You know, because sometimes it seems like that's so far away. But like you said earlier, we don't live for a long time. We're here right? for, yeah. So we're here for a good time. Um, last, last, um, last question for you. Yeah. If you could give any sort of piece of advice, because you're what, 25 now? 25 now. 25. Mm-hmm. You're having some good success in what you're doing, and you're you're just like an absolute. I love the sap. The word savage, like that's our word, man. Isn't it savage? Yeah, it's just savage. Like savage is. is so. I just love that word. Same. Um, but uh, <clears throat> what would be a piece of advice for somebody in their early 20s that's lost, hmm. like you were? I'll do a lot of like self-reflecting, try and meditate listen to what the universe is telling you to do go with your gut mm. and then just get after it don't overthink things because I've overthought I've like thought my way out of doing things by thinking too much like don't think too much yeah. you know something comes your way you have a feeling in your gut just go and attack do it. it rip it rip it yeah. it's kind of like in the opportunity like living for the now like live in the moment if you're too focused on the future you're not going to put all the everything that you need to do to take advantage of the exact moment yeah so don't yeah. don't think too much. That that would be my my advice. Don't think about things too much cuz you'll you'll like think your way out of doing something if yeah. you think about it too much. Yeah. You know? Most of the time you will. Absolutely. Because here's the thing too is like a lot of times what your gut's telling you is 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 very illogical, crazy. And so you can find out, you can by thinking about it, you can just think yourself right out of it. Yep. But when you really need to do is trust that gut and just go. Just go, man. Um, that's so true. I love that, man, because um, one thing I try to get people to do is, you know, in the book, it's about one of my chapters is speed and decisiveness. Right. Yep. And that was a very good chapter. Like all about like, okay, I, I thought I thought I, I thought about writing a book at eight fifty five and nine o'clock. I wrote a book. Yep. I, I started writing a book. So like, stop thinking about. It. I could think about. Well, I don't have. I don't have the, the resources. The resources. I don't have the outline done. I don't have this done. I don't have that. I'm not good enough. Who am I to write about this? And you think you, you think your way out of it. Exactly. I, but it was a bestseller. Because you put your head down, you went to work. Dude, that's mind-boggling right now, dude. You just did it. It's crazy. It's you crazy. Know? Just do it. Just just do it. Like Nike. You just yeah. do it. One one of the uh, one of my mentors, Simon Arias, he's got a podcast as well. Check it out, the Grindcast. But we said one of these things in his last podcast on Friday. He goes, "You can't steal second with your foot on the bag. Mm. You can't steal third with your foot on second. You got to rip it, man. You got to be leading off. You got to yeah. take risk. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like things that are worth having, they ain't gonna come easy. Right. And typically, the things that come easy, not, nine times out of ten, they're not even worth having for the long run. Right. So like, put in the work now. Yeah. Do the hard stuff now, and I promise you, you will reap the reward. Yeah. I'm a living testimony. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's awesome, man. Dude, I, I appreciate having you on. Thank you uh, for you having on. me on, man. Like, I'm telling you, man, you energize me, dude. Just your energy. And one thing I want to tell you is that for me, I'm a pretty energetic person. Mm-hmm. I think you, like, you're another level. I've been um, told that before. And, Intense. Uh, but if you, if you were to, like, ask my sisters... <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. no, Sam is freaking crazy all the time. He's energetic all day, every day. And um, 
And for a long time, people were like, basically my whole life, people were like, dude, slow down. Just relax. You know, my mom tends, tends to tell me that. Dude, my relax. mom too. It's so funny. She, um, she bought me this, this <laughs> picture of a, it was not even a picture, it's like a painting of mm-hmm. a cheetah in a tree. Cool. She goes, I know you like to go fast, Sam, just like a cheetah. But even a cheetah sits in a tree and relaxes. I was like, you know what that cheetah's doing, mom? The cheetah's looking down on, or on the ground at what it's going to eat next. I said, hey, ain't relaxing. It's still going. It's still thinking. So what I want to tell you is that if anybody tells you to stop slowing down because, or to slow down because you're running too fast, dude, never let that happen, bro. Because that's the greatest gift. One of the greatest gifts you have is your ability to go and go fast with speed. Mm. You're going to help way more people by operating in that gift of speed, of being able to be decisive, of doing things quickly, of going, yep. man, you're gonna help way more people by maxing out that gift than you ever will slowing down for anybody speed else. Speed kills, man. I've, you know, have you been told that in soccer, I'm sure, yeah. football, and it, it all comes back to sales. You know, somebody hits you with an objection. Are you gonna take four seconds to resonate a rebuttal? No, you gotta yeah. be quick, you gotta be on your feet. Right. So speed with everything, man. Yeah. Speed. You got to be quick to it. Trust your gut and just go with it. Yeah. You know. So deal true. with the repercussions after. I can't stand it when people say I used to. I used to be when I was in the corporate world. I would get an email and they would say, "Hey, we'll take care of this next Friday." And I would get up off my chair and I'd go to their desk Why? and I'd say, Why "Let's not do, do it right, right now. now. Let's do it right now. Right now. We're not doing it next Friday. We're doing it right now. Well, I got all this to do. It's going to take thirty seconds. We're doing it now." Yeah. You know, I'm going to provide this value for my customer. Like if you're in sales, you know, and you're going to attest to this right now, but if you're in sa- if you're in sales, I know we're all in sales, but if you're a salesperson, mm-hmm. speed is the number one service you can provide your client. I agree. It, it is the number one. You do things fast. If you call, if you're, if your customer calls you and you say, hold, worst thing you can say. Please hold. And you put them on hold for five minutes. They didn't call you to go on hold. They called you to get the information they, that yep. they were looking for. Give them the information. Mm-hmm. Do it now. Do it with speed. Take care of things today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow may not come. You may lose exactly. that customer. Yep. You may lose it. Him or her. Do it now. Take care of it now. And I'm telling you, you will provide a service for people that is literally nobody does this. I mean, I get put on hold. All the time. I'm like, quit. I didn't call you to be put on hold mm-hmm. to send me to the next person and then the next person. I yeah. called because I want information right now. Yep. Can you solve my problem right now? If you could solve my problem, I will pay you. You know what I mean? If you can get me there faster, I'll pay you more. I think people are lazy, man. I think people are just so damn lazy, especially with all the technology nowadays. Like, it's nuts, dude. You can literally order a list of groceries through your phone, <laughs> have it dropped off at your house. Yeah. Like you can order a pizza from a couple buttons off your iPhone. Don't even have to get off the, off the couch. You know what I mean? You see it everywhere around. You know, I think America is the number one ob- obese country in the world. Mm-hmm. We have the most amount of obese people here. You look yeah. at it like every single exit off of the freeway. You see nothing but KFCs, McDonald's, Burger Kings. But I love me my Mickey D's. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like <clears throat> people are just lazy. I feel like. Yeah. You know. Which is sad, because we're only here, you know, we're, we have one life. Dude, you know, max on. out, dude. Like Ed Milet says, max out. Let's go. Tomorrow's not promised. Let's go. Yesterday's Let's... gone. If you focus on today, tomorrow will work out. 
Exactly. But if you're too focused on tomorrow, you're not even going to be able to enjoy today. Yeah. And then you're in the same position tomorrow that you were today because you didn't take advantage of the present time today. So that's why, like, Opportunity Day is, dude, it's just, it's so clutch, man, because it's just, it hits it right on the nail. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised nobody's came up with that before you. It's <laughs> like a Lil Wayne lyric. Like, man, how come I didn't think of that? Right. You know, Sammy V, Opportunity Day, like, it's so simple. Like, take advantage of the present. That's why it's called the present. It's a gift. Wow, I've never heard that before. Dang. The now is a present. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome, man. Dude, you know I appreciate saying? you so much, man. Thank you for coming on. This has been awesome. I know you've provided a ton of value for people. Thanks for having and me. I just want to say I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate I appreciate you, man. Um, everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, watching you. You know, I. You know, this is a true statement, but people don't oftentimes don't listen to what you say, but they watch what you do. Right. And um, you know, I'm watching you, and it's amazing just seeing you, what you're doing, and and how hard you're running, and why you're doing it. And then, you know, where you're going, man, it's, it's encouraging to me. And I'm just blessed that, you know, you shot me a direct message on, on Instagram and we've become friends and now you're on my podcast and we're doing stuff together. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's awesome having people like you in my life and now in all these people's lives and now get, now get, uh, you know, are on this podcast and listening. So, um, thank you, man, for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Seriously. I learn from you every single day. Appreciate it. We have different things to offer each other. Yeah, you know, so definitely allies. For sure. I'm d- definitely here for you, whatever. For sure. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe button. That way, you get these episodes uploaded to your account right away, and you don't miss an episode. And remember, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Today is all you have. Spend zero percent of your time, attention, and focus on the past. One percent on the future, because you do need to have a goal and a dream, and then spend 99% of your time, attention, and focus on today because life is experienced in the present moment. And if you're thinking about the past, you're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment. And if you're thinking about the future, you're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment. Happy Opportunity Day. Share this with a friend. Love you.